Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Pit Football podcast. I am one of your hosts, Doran Dickerson, alongside a former All Big Big East, Big East quarterback, Bill Stahl. Jared DePaul, the Tribune Review, and former Pitt All-American Scott McKillop. Guys, huge win for Pitt last Saturday against Clemson. The Dabo Sweeney Clemson Tigers go down. They fall to the Pitt Panthers 27-17 and just an unbelievable showing, an unbelievable showing from the fans uh, throughout the game. And, you know, just the atmosphere being down there was just amazing. Um, it was a nice brisk day. There's a little bit of rain, but it, it held off and, Kenny Pickett and the Pitt Panthers, they, they took care of business. Something that, you know, this was a game that was marked on the schedules as soon as the Pitt Panthers started winning, and um, they took care of business. They made Clemson look like a, 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 a mediocre team, you know, which is crazy that, you know, a Dabo Sweeney coach Clemson Tiger team is kind of mediocre now. But um, the Pitt Panthers took care of business. A lot of guys stepped up. A lot of guys made plays, and especially on defense. Um, their defense made plays when they needed to. Uh, Clemson had to switch quarterbacks at one point and switch back. And uh, it was just a, a great showing for the Pitt Panthers. And now this week they head uh, back at home against the Miami Hurricanes. And uh, Miami has had an up and down year. They, you know, they have. And uh, losing their starting quarterback, Derek King, uh, to an injury, uh, a year-sustaining injury. And uh, now they turn to Tyler Van Dyke. And he's starting to find some uh, flavor to him, starting to find some confidence. And their offense is starting to flow a little bit. So, this isn't a game for Pitt uh, to go into with their with their guards down, and not that they're going to. I know it's one game at a time. Narduzzi tweets one and zero all the time. Um, this isn't a game where you can go into and expect to do the things that you did throughout the season. You have to be under p's and q's, and you have to uh, make sure that you are prepared for this Miami team. You know, you know what I'm saying, Jer? Well, it is interesting what's been happening now with, with Miami in, in the Pitt football programs. Back in 2017, four years ago, uh, when Pitt had a bad team, ended up five and seven, here comes a freshman quarterback, Kenny Pickett, to lead an upset of number two Miami. Now this year, four years later, uh, here comes a redshirt freshman quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, uh, going up against a ranked Pitt team. Uh, the roles are reversed. I mean, but Pitt really has had problems with Miami over the past three years. Over the past three years, all three losses, now Pickett didn't play last year because he was hurt, but they've only scored one touchdown in those three games. And that was a, a little one-yard flip from a backup quarterback to a tight end who ended up transferring. Uh, so obviously this pit team is way, way different. Uh, and it's going to look different even from the way it looked last week because Jordan Addison and Izzy Banacanda have concussions. And Narduzzi was actually fairly candid about it on Monday when he said they're really questionable. Now, maybe he's just trying to throw some dart, some doubt into Manny Diaz's head uh, down in Miami, and maybe those guys will play. But I tell you what, when you get a concussion, and then we saw the hits that both those, both those kids took, uh, that, that's something you don't play around with. And maybe and Narduzzi even said it. Sometimes it's best when you have a concussion, take a week off. And they're going to depend on their depth. And they're pretty, pretty good depth. Rodney Hammond, he, ran for, he was a leading rusher in that game, 66 yards, and he didn't play until the fourth quarter. Uh, and he was running through tackles for a five foot nine guy. He does a nice job for a freshman too. And of course, they do have wide receivers too. Lucas Scroll, you know, is going to be a, a, an important part of this game, I believe. And uh, Jared Wayne is having a season uh, almost as good as anything any any receiver has had in a while, because uh, he's always making catch. He never drops the ball. 
Uh, he doesn't have the fastest kid in the world, but he's very courageous when he goes up to make catches. And he's been a big part of what uh, Pitt's success so far. Yeah, and Jared Wayne, I mean, he's a guy that's like an unsung hero, you know, you know, in the shadows of Jordan Addison and even Lucas Kroll, guys who were leading the country at one point with touchdowns and uh, making plays. And Jordan Addison is obviously one of the best receivers in the country this year. But uh, Jared Wayne has been so solid. I mean, just always reliable, showing up, runs great routes, reminds me of Jordy Nelson, if you want to make it comparable to the NFL level, because um, he's always so reliable when he's in the right spot. And he makes those big tough contested catches. I mean, he has really put a great resume together um, as a young receiver. And, you know, it, it, he goes unheard sometimes because of other guys making plays and obviously Kenny. Uh, Bill, I mean, how how is it, it, you know, being a quarterback and you're Kenny Pickett, um, you know, you're on a roll and we all we know about all the things that um, are, are happening to him with the Heisman talk and everything. But just, in, in, you know, in the south side, you know, as a, as a teammate, how awesome is it to have so many weapons in your repertoire to throw to? Yeah, I mean, absolutely great point. Speaking on, you know, the depth of, of Pitt's skill guys. Um, but, you know, and from a coaching standpoint, this is definitely not not the ideal thing you want going into a, a game like this against a, a Miami team with the playmakers, the individual skill, ability and talent that that they have as far as missing your key guys because this this could be a game that you know you let them kind of slip in a little bit and a few you know little mistakes here or there could turn into big time plays for individual players on that side of the ball but the thing that is in Pitt's favor that you guys just brought up is their their strength of depth at the receiver position their strength of depth at the running back position uh and they've showed that over the year um yes jordan addison is crushing the receiver game and rightfully so but pitt has showed that they have other players who can make plays and jordan um and and wayne is absolutely one of those guys who is absolutely seems like he is always that guy who's making the third down conversion or he's making the the two yard catch and then throw somebody off of him and go runs for 40 like at like like in Tennessee uh he made that one catch over the ball and literally almost took 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 it to the house uh, so he has big play caliber all over him uh, I definitely could see him stepping up making some big plays but Lucas Kroll I I thought he was going to be the x factor but even more so this coming week I mean, he's going to have to get his touches, especially with your number one target, you know, Jordan Addison having that concussion. Scott, uh, you know, it's one thing to have a, a great defensive performance against Virginia Tech and, uh, you know, a struggling quarterback in Burmeister who, uh, you know, went out there and can barely throw in the wind. Um, that was impressive to hold them to seven points. But wasn't it just it, it, even more impressive to go out there against, you know, a Dabo Sweeney run team? Um, and show that performance against an offense that has the the amount of skill players that were five stars and those guys that you know do have size. I mean, I just thought that that was a, such a uh, impressive performance from Pitt's defense this, this last Saturday. Yeah, I, I think you hit the, the nail on the head there, Doran. Defensively, you know, minus the one drive where they had the touchdown, I, I thought every person on defense competed. You know, I, I don't think they let up very many big plays. 
I mean, you, you had that one big catch in the sideline. And, you know, I, I think in the first drive, the, uh, the quarterback from Clemson was hurting them with their legs with, you know, I, I don't think they were design runs minus the one, but, you know, they came to play, you know, I mean, we, we jokingly always say that, you know, is, is going to, are we going to pit it? And, you know, I, I think they, uh, they had adversity early in the game down seven, nothing. I think they regrouped, regrouped in the sideline, you know, made plays when they were uh, there to be made. They didn't force it. I mean, you know, the, the Cervakia, uh Dennis is uh, a big interception return. I mean, you know, some people might say like he got lucky, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't believe in luck. I, I believe in preparation and, and I believe he read his keys. He did what he was supposed to do. And as a result, he was rewarded and, you know, he got a touchdown. So I, I, I think that, you know, we continually see players step up and make big plays, you know, it was Patrician early in the season, you know, and, and, and you know, it, it, it's whoever's numbers is, is called they're, they're, uh, they're rising to the opportunity to make it plays, you know, and, uh, this is going to be another game where I think that they're going to have to, you know, and I said every week, you know, fundamentals, do your job and don't get bored. Cause I think that, you know, Miami, what they want the quarterback to do is, is that they limit the playbook. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Guys, you know, I find myself every single weekend, you know, yearning for college football and not just pit football, but all kinds of football. And, you know, I wasn't like that in the past. I would just focus on pit. I would focus on, you know, what Pitt was doing and that was it. But now I want to watch every single college football game. And that's because of betting. You know, betting's legal now. And it, it has been unbelievable to be able to, to get on my phone and place bets. And now I know a lot more about other college football teams that are out there and NFL football teams that are out there and what they're doing and their players and their the, the players props and who has this many yards and et cetera. So I am so excited about betting and I look forward to forward to it every week and bet online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our pr promo code believe 50 b-l-e-a-v 50 to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball postseason nhl Boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Jerry, we're going to head into the Paula's debriefs. And, you know, you were at the South Side on Monday for Narduzzi's press conference. And, you know, watching those press conferences every single week, I'm looking forward to them every week just to see if the, Narduzzi's demeanor changes, just to see if he gets a, uh, you know, a little, a little excited and see his positivity uh, with the team having some success. What are is your takes on um, some of the things that Narduzzi mentioned in his press conference on Monday? Well, he's Pat, Pat Narduzzi in the last, probably most of the season has been, especially as they've been winning, uh, been pretty low key about things. He hasn't wanted to rock the boat. He hasn't said anything uh, controversial. Uh, uh, the other day when um, uh, De uh, Demari Mathis uh, talked about how arrogant Clemson was last season, and uh, when, when they when Pitt when they beat Pitt fifty two to seventeen, he said they acted arrogant in that game. Uh, Narduz was asked about it on Monday, and he kind of kind of said, "Well, we like to treat things with class," but then he said, uh, it, it, "Karma can be tough," you know, <laughs> because I, I guess. They didn't do anything. They, they really show that they were upset about the, them being arrogant other than the fact that Mathis made that comment. But all the guys down there, we talked to the players, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, Marduzzi on Monday. They're all saying the right things. I mean, you got, you got you know, pick it with the Heisman. You got uh, Brandon Hill picked as one of the 12 semifinalists 
for the James Thorpe Award for the best defensive back in the country, which is a really incredible uh, honor for, for Brandon Hill, uh, you know, first-year starter. Um, he actually started last year when, when Paris Ford opted out, but he played really well against Clemson, 11, 11 tackles, a couple pass breakups. Uh, but all those guys are getting all these all these uh, accolades around the country, and none of them really say too much about it. I think that they're either schooled to say the right things, or they really are focused on, let's just play this game. Now, if they win this game, very interesting uh, thing going on with the standings, I believe. They'll be 7-1. and one. That'll be the first time, and I'll bow my head, since the 2009 team was 7-1. and one. Um, Now, if they lose this game, now Miami's only a game behind, or two games behind in the standings. If Miami beats them, they're only one game behind, and they got the tiebreaker against Pitt. This is a huge, huge game, because Pitt has tough games coming up against North Carolina and Virginia, you know, down the stretch. So, now Pitt wins and goes up two games on, on uh, three games on Miami with only four to play. Uh, they got a real – I mean, they're, they're, they're just walked right into the championship. They probably may only have to win one or two more games to, to clinch the Coastal Championship. Uh, so this is huge. So this this can really set, set Pitt up for a, a good season down the road. Uh, they, everything seems to be falling into place. The only, only problem now – and it happens every team. Every team has injuries. But it happened to two of Pitt's most important players. Uh, Israel Banakanda, Pitt's leading rusher, and Jordan Addison, Pitt's best pass catcher probably you said really questionable won't play okay they have concussions and you know and you guys know you know you played football a long time those head injuries are nothing to be you know to be to be uh treat lightly you really have to be careful of these head injuries because they can linger and they can cause problems later on in life and i think pitt's going to be very careful uh, about that and they're not going to play these guys if there's any lingering effects from these concussions i you know, Narduzzi made that point several times in a news conference, and you, know, you got to trust them because UPMC, they're right on the cutting edge of, uh, of uh, head injury uh, treatment. And I think it's going to be very surprising to me if these guys do play considering they did have concussions. So then other guys need to step up. Rodney Hammond. How about Rodney Hammond? Freshman running back, five foot nine guy. He didn't play for the first three quarters of that game, still ended up as the leading rusher with 66 yards. We talked about Jared Wayne. And it'd be, it'd be a nice uh, compliment uh, for, for Jordan Addison. A taser Mac always seems to get open. Uh, Lucas Cole, the tight end, is going to be big. And one guy to watch out for that really we haven't talked about much this year is Gavin Bartholomew, the freshman tight end. Uh, you know, he, he's a freshman. He's only about 18 years old. But he, when he stands in front of you with that big, thick uh, uh, beard going on, he, he, looks like, he looks like a man. And he's had some big catches this year for, for Pitt. And he sort of came out of nowhere. Nobody recruited him out of Connecticut. And, and all of a sudden, he shows up at Pitt late in the process, the recruiting process. And he got himself a job uh, as the number two tight end, clearly, of everybody else. And even when uh, when Lucas Kroll was injured a little bit in training camp, uh, Bartholomew was the number one guy. So when Kroll was gone, they got some they got some uh, hope for the future. But also for the present, well, watch for Bartholomew and make some big catches on Saturday. Jerry, you have a funny story about Bartholomew, don't you? That you were telling us oh, about the earrings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gavin wears earrings, and uh, you know that's not unusual. A lot of guys wear earrings, but it, he goes up to to the podium to do his his uh, to do his interview, and somebody made a comment after he left. He said, it "Reminded me of Bill Stahl back in the day, because uh, Bill Stahl wore earrings, but they didn't want Bill Stahl to wear earrings. And every time Bill had to do an interview, it was televised. You know." Uh, they, they come up to Bill and says, Bill, could we have those earrings, please? Because we don't, we don't want to get Wani upset, you know. 
And the last thing you guys want to do is get Bonnie upset, right, Bill? Jerry, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you got one thing wrong. I sure as hell never heard please. <laughs> <laughs> they said, give me your damn earrings. What the hell are you doing? Come on. Well, Wani, Wani was more of, oh, shit, Billy. Oh, come on. You, what, what, what are you doing with those? Come on. You're, you're, you're quarterback. I was like, coach, like, now I kind of want to do it even more. I want to get bigger ones now. <laughs> Scott, Scott, you wore earrings, didn't you? No, Doran. I never wore earrings, ever. I had my ears pierced by the second grade. But it's actually you I thought, you, I I thought you had hoops. I thought you had hoops. <laughs> I actually, had, I had two hoops. But uh, you guys weren't a part of the team. But when Walt Harris was the head coach, uh, all you could have was a mustache. Couldn't have a beard. Couldn't wear a beard. No, he no made us shave during camp, didn't he? Didn't he make us – he said all you could have is a mustache during camp and everything else you had to shave off. Team pictures. Team pictures in August. Everybody only could have mustaches. That was it. That, yeah, and you could only look like him with a mustache. You were either, either baby face or you are a wand stash. That was it. <laughs> Team that looks good, plays good, right? Hey, you guys no, don't wear uh, earrings today, do you? Bill? Sometimes. Uh, you're married man with kids, you don't wear earrings. Nah, you don't need that. Yeah. Feeling froggy, Jerry. Yeah. Sometimes I jump, you know. Well, and Scott and uh, Bill, I'm going to propose this question to you. I mean, Scott, we'll start with you. How, how hard is it to prepare and to mentally focus in on a game where you're facing a team that is hungry, facing a team that has nothing to lose, facing a team that has been dealt with injuries, hasn't had that great of a season. You know, that's a whole different animal whenever I think of it. It's, a, it's just a different angle that you have to take towards a game. And, you know, last week was one thing. Last week was, last week was its own beast. You know, you're taking on a Clemson team. They're still Clemson. You know they're having an up-and-down year. But whenever you're facing – a traditional team that is, uh, you know, of Miami stature. They're still Miami, but they're having an up and down year. But it seems like they're hungry. And you know, whenever you have that target on your back, that it makes things enhanced a lot more. How hard is it to face a team uh, that is hungry and after you, like uh, you know, like you're uh, the prey and they're the predator? No, I mean it's huge. You know, uh, I, I think it's going to go out and smack Miami in the mouth. You know, I, I know when we played South Florida, we always were so happy that we played them up at Heinz Field because we were hoping for to play them in either, you know, November or with terrible weather because we always said that most of the Florida boys didn't like to come up here and play in the cold weather. And if you look at the forecast, you know, you can call me Joe DiNardo because I, I think I made a, a comment whenever they – when Pitt was playing Virginia Tech and, of course, it didn't rain. But there's a 50% chance of rain. So – um you know, I, I think that would work to the advantage of Pitt because Miami does not have a good running game. So, I mean, I, I think they're going to take the shots and try and, you know, roll the dice. But Pitt needs to be prepared for Miami. You know, I look for them to have trick plays. I look for them to have, um, you know, beaters as far as like cover four beaters. I mean, they're, they're, they got a lot of things, you know. I mean, like Jerry said, they've been historically very good against Pitt. You know, even, you know, with Coach Chris, with the, I mean, Miami, the, the U, as they like to be called, has always had Pitt's number. So I don't want to say a trap game, but, you know, a lot of things are still on the line for Miami. You know, a, a Pitt still has to – you know, a lot of people are, are assuming that is there going to be a letdown for Pitt? Like, I mean, they had this Clemson game circled because of, you know, all the hype and whatnot. Like, is, is it going to be a letdown? I don't know. 
Bill, uh, how about you? What do you, th- so, what do you think? How, how hard is it to face a team that is is hungry? That is, is like it's like a shark smelling blood and water. I think I think this season, Dorn, it's it's all. I mean, one million percent all about Pitt. I think it's. I think it. Uh, yes, I I'm, I'm fully understanding what what you're saying. You know, on watching watching Miami play, it, it seems like they're you know they're really like really striding to get a win and they're hungry and you, you could see the effort, you know, and, and everything like that. But I'm, I'm saying this pit team right now, the way they're playing, I feel like the only way they lose this type of game is if they beat themselves. And, but I think it starts from a coaching standpoint throughout the week after a game like this, you can't let your players just kind of, you know, be yucking it up chilling walking around and swagging it out on on the field during practice yes have fun do those things that got you to this point but those coaches got to make sure guys are flying around focused having fun keeping that momentum and i think the coaches can keep that that intensity going on having guys fly around at practice keeping things hype keeping it loose but also staying focused because there's something extremely extremely special and one million percent rare in the pit football program that that's happening right now but i'm gonna go from a player standpoint once once my offense is on the field we have to be in attack mode because i don't want this team to just be lingering by a possession or two going into the second half going into the fourth quarter because that's where shit's gonna get scary and i hate that and I, I, I have to see, I, I, I have to see, Pitt, Kenny, and Whip, literally stepping on their throats the whole first half, and I, I might see that the whole first half they run tempo. Maybe, uh, I mean they they've started the last three games running tempo. It's been pretty pretty good, but you have to convert those third downs. And, and Jordan Addison maybe not being there, I could see maybe maybe a few uh, maybe not com- converting fifty percent on third down. You know, sometimes, especially. And Scott brought up a good point. If it is raining, you know, maybe that that third down percent percentage goes down a little bit more, and there, there's more of that back and forth. So I, I see that I see Pitt has to jump on him, jump on him early, and I don't care how it gets done, throw it, run it, whatever. Uh, but you can't let a team like this with those athletes hang around. We're going to head to 40 and five with Bill Stahl, uh, where Bill breaks down the quarterback position in the offense. And I know that every week we talk about the details of Kenny Pickett. We talk about the progression of Kenny Pickett, the development of the offense and uh, you know, the, the detailed mindset it takes to be a successful offense and a successful quarterback but I would be remiss if I didn't ask Bill Stahl this question. Bill, have you ever, ever in your college football career, after a big win, went home and had a cold one? Hell yes. <laughs> I've had a, a few choice of beverages with uh, Scorn Dorn, uh, everyone. A few of those choice beverages were... We're definitely uh, ice cold oh, there. Of up age, there. too. We're of age. Kenny, of Kenny's age. like, 
Kenny's way of a, of age right now. He's like 23 or 24. I don't even know. He's he's definitely way old enough. So this is a Kenny's this a, is a, a legal conversation we're having. Kenny's been having a few cold ones for legally for a while now. He 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 could say that on national television. Yeah. And my God, that was amazing. That was by far by far by far the best quote of the year. Besides besides Tyler back in the day with with the the Notre Dame. Jerry, Jerry, what would you think about the quote? I mean, it's it's being yeah. branded now, turned into T-shirts. It's unbelievable. I, I think it, it, a good enterprise. He has an agent. Kenny has an agent. His agent jumped all over that and they said, have a cold one with Kenny. You know, that's this. This with they sold those at Heinz Field on Saturday. They'd sell hundred thousand of them. You know, oh, oh, absolutely. I want to know. I want to know what he's drinking. Scott, what do you think? What do you think he's drinking? They didn't let us talk to him this week. We don't talk to – you talked every week, right, Bill, when you were quarterback? Every week to the media? Yeah, I had to, Jerry. Yeah, well, well Kenny doesn't talk every week. <laughs> Kenny's on the radio. <laughs> you didn't want to, but you had to. Yeah. But Kenny's on the I radio feel like, once a week. I feel like Kenny's an icy light kind of guy. I, I really do. I, I think really? he's icy Yeah, bro, come on now. Pittsburgh, buddy, you got to – Let's go. I don't know. I, from there, there are going to be some, some, maybe some New Jersey homemade, home, home brewed brewski or. see kid. He's a classic kid. How about Dos Equis? He probably drinks Dos Equis, right? You know, we were scrummaging for, we were we what, find Natty out. Light and Keystone. Yeah. Kenny's yeah. big, big money now. Kenny has all these endorsements and. He doesn't need to drink uh, Natty Light. No, nah, he, yeah, he's got the big time beers now. He's with the IPAs or something. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll ask them next time I talk to them. If they yeah. win on Saturday, I'll, I'll make a point of asking that question. If they lose, he probably won't want to answer it. If, if they win, can you ask him on behalf of us here too? I will. I said, Bill see, Dorn, yeah, want to know. See, you guys were drinking freaking, you know, good stuff. I was drinking Brigade Premium. I, I was drinking. I, come on, I, I was drinking. I was drinking. Hey, Steel Reserve. Oh no. Oh, that just sounds horrible. All right. Well, Bill, Bill, yeah, I mean, obviously, Kenny deserved to have a cold one and and maybe a couple after Saturday's game. And, um, you know, the the kid is in a position where he's second in second in the uh, Heisman race, as we saw today. Um, He's just garnering so much more attention. And, you know, the more that Pitt wins, the more attention he's going to get. And somebody asked me this question today, and this is, you know, a hindsight question. if Pitt runs the table, are they going to make the playoffs? And like in my eyes, I'm like uh, over like a Michigan or over Ohio State who all those teams have to play each other. Is Pitt going to be the number one team out of the ACC, the only team out of the ACC to make the playoffs over maybe a second team in the Big Ten or a second team uh, in, in another conference? And I said, the, I said it would be hard for the committee. It would be hard for the voters and whoever picks the playoffs – uh, to keep Pitt out of the playoffs, and the, like I said, hindsight, we're, I'm getting a little ahead of myself right now. Um, it would be hard for them to keep, keep Pitt out of the playoffs if they ran the table if they had the number one Heisman candidate. Like, how are you going to keep a team that has the best player in the country out of the playoffs? And I was like, Pitt's best bet of solidifying their run into the playoffs and their their avenue into the playoffs is Kenny Pickett garnering the attention for Heisman and he is the lock you know almost the lock like it, it, even if it's like an up you know a 50-50 between him and you know Corral or something from Ole Miss if it's 50-50 and Pitt is in a spot where it's like all right are you going to pick a second team from a different conference or are you going to pick an ACC team you cannot pass up 
uh, you know, a potential Heisman player, in my opinion. Well, what if what if Pitt is eleven and one or twelve and one? Let's say they they win the ACC championship game, but Michigan. Let's say Michigan only has one loss, and they're eleven and one, and their one loss is to Ohio State, and Pitt's one loss is to Western Michigan. The committee to me, like I think that you have to pick Pitt. I'm not being biased. I think that the only scenario is if Kenny Pickett is the front runner for the Heisman. How are you going to keep Kenny Pickett in the Heisman in the best player in college football out of the playoffs? Don't don't people want to see that? Committee doesn't look at it that way. They're not trying to sell tickets or get people to watch the game. They're trying to get the four best teams in the playoffs. And if Michigan runs the table and only loses to Ohio State, and Pitt already has a loss to Western Michigan, you know I hate to say it, but I think Michigan might go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. But we're, we're forgetting one thing here. The one thing that the committee does look at is style points. If Pitt goes out and runs a table and puts up 40, 50 points every freaking game. Well, if they do that. And yeah, Kenny's – Kenny's, they've done it this far, Jerry? The, the game's getting guys, difficult. Guys, guys, I love Pitt. They have just played their most difficult defensive game. Dude, there's no chance. A lot Hold of things on. have to happen. A lot of things have to happen. Scott, I'm going right. And I, I where this is some great stuff. We're, we're having great conversations. I love this stuff. <laughs> I'm, I was doing some research earlier and I was watching the ACC network. Pitt is 80% favored over Miami, 93% over Duke, 79.3% over North Carolina. 79.6% favored over Virginia and 83% favored over Syracuse. Now, I'm not a you know brain surgeon, mathematician, or anything like that, but I'm pretty damn sure they're favored to win every freaking game. By a lot. Like, they are. By a but lot. They, but they but, have but to go Bill, out and do Bill, it. a lot. I, Bill, I don't disagree. What I'm saying is if they do win out and beat whoever it is in AC Championship, they're still not going to get in the end the, 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 the playoff. There's no way. I don't care I, if they score. I don't. I don't see them making it either, Scott. I, I, I don't. There's no way they lost to Western Michigan. The but to answer Doran's question, the way that they do, and the chance that they do make it would have to be they win out 40, 50 points a game. Kenny throws for another three thousand yards for the second half of the friggin' season, and. It, they repeat what they just did the first half. And some of those nope. teams that are undefeated right now are going to have to lose two games, not just right. one. And a lot of help. The, but Bill, what, they'll, what they'll, if, put, they'll, they'll put a two-loss SEC school ahead of, ahead of I, Pitt. I was just going to say that. Absolutely. I, I could see them Jerry? putting a, a two-loss over two-loss uh, Alabama over Pitt. Do yes. you think that too? If Alabama has two losses and Pitt has one to Western Michigan, and Alabama's losses are going to be to Texas A&M and let's say Georgia in the, ace, in the championship game, boy – It'd be real tough for the committee to, to put Alabama <laughs> over Pitt. You know, that's just my opinion. You know, uh, even, even though two losses, but if two losses are two really good teams, and Georgia's number one team in the country, uh, I, I think it's very difficult. It's going to be. Very, I think Pitt. It's, it's the, the final four scenario is, is a nice conversation piece. But let's let's beat Miami first, okay? And let's win the ACC Coastal first. And, no, and then, I, I, look, J- Jerry, I, I agree. But here's the thing, though: best case scenario. Let's say Pitt squeaks into to fourth. Do you really want them playing Georgia or whoever in the playoffs? It could be a total destruction. Well, I don't know about that. But, but Scott. I mean, it doesn't matter. Getting there is guys, We get there. My God, look look what beating oh. Clemson and Virginia Tech the last two weeks did for recruiting. There's guys fucking de- decommitting. 
I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, Pitt, take care of business, but you have to win by four touchdowns every game in order to smell that that college football true. playoff. Even if you smell it, you may not get there, you know? I, I don't I think, think I don't think we have that favoritism on us. I want it, and I think my God, it would do so many great things for it for for the program, the university. But Kenny Kenny has to do what he did, and the college football gods have to be on our side. And Alabama might have to lose three games. I don't know. <laughs> I don't they, know. They, they did that to be twelve and one going into a bowl season. You know, has Pitt ever won twelve games before? I don't know. To, what, well, how many did the uh, national championship team win in 76? I have to look that up. Uh, but a 12 11 and season, and... even if even if you finish seventh or eighth, pretty darn good season for Pitt. And, and it, we'll know on Tuesday when the first college football committee uh, rankings come out. And we'll see, you know, if Pitt wins, how high they drive. We'll see on Sunday afternoon, we'll know where they are in the AP. If they're in the top 10, which is a possibility after beating Miami and Clemson. Then maybe they keep winning. They, they can start creeping up there toward number four. But uh, let's get them into the top ten first, and then we'll talk about uh, uh, top four. Hey, I'll, I'll I'll take as long as we're ahead of Penn State and West Virginia. Uh, that's a plus. Well, they are. Hey, they're, Penn State loses this weekend. They might be out of the top twenty-five. They will be. Yeah, they're down to twenty right now. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they will fall out. Yeah. When was the last time that that happened? Pitt Pitt might sneak in that top ten here in the next couple of weeks. Penn State might be out. Could be. Could be. And they may need a coach too by, by that. By, by hey, did, yeah. did, did, hey, did you guys uh, see? Uh, obviously, I don't know how much you follow, but I, I saw a, a thing about James Franklin in his, in his uh, Zoom uh, conference. They asked about the distraction of his future being in the news. And then he said his focus is on Illinois. Um, his next opponent is Ohio State. <laughs> oh, wow. And he, but he didn't say no. He didn't say no. Yeah, I'm not didn't leaving. Say no. Like Tomlin did. Mike Tomlin came out and said, "I'm not going anywhere." You know, they don't they don't have a blank check big enough to get me to go to LSU or UCLA. But Franklin didn't say that. He just said, "Oh, I'm just thinking about our next game." Well, I'll but no, but no, 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 Jerry. He, he said he was thinking about Illinois. Well, I, this was I know, this I was know that he screwed up. Yeah, but I'm saying, but like, come on. He should not now, be oh, playing. That was definitely a come on man right there for sure. Yeah. He's come thinking on, about Illinois man. because he. Go, he looked at him for four quarters and nine overtimes. He's probably sick of talking about Illinois. He was pretty probably a nightmare of, of the tenth overtime, maybe. What, I don't what know. do you guys think of that 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 silly rule? Oh, that's that ridiculous. That makes no sense at all. You no. Get rid of that after the season. I mean, I just want to. I just want to always have us playing in the, the the longest Notre Dame game ever when we beat him in four overtimes. That's like kind of like, hey, I played in the longest Notre Dame game ever. How did you feel the next day after that game? Were you were you extra sore? Were you guys extra uh, I mean, sore? I think I had some cold your, ones. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I had some brigade premiums. <laughs> I was still concussed. <laughs> All right, we're gonna head into uh, Mad Dogs with McKillop Scott. I mean, like we said earlier, a big um, showing by the Pitt Panthers on defense for uh, this past game against Clemson. You know, Savasi Dennis showing up big, and you know, defensive back showing up big against uh, Clemson's big uh, athletic receivers. This week, if you listen to Narduzzi's press conference, he says that, you know, they're not, the receivers aren't as big as Clemson's for Miami, but they are fast. And, you know, whenever you're going against them, the athletic guys and, uh, you know, having to prepare for a guy that has speed, it makes it so much tougher. Uh, what does Pitt have to do to really eliminate the athletic uh, prowess of Miami and making sure that they, they don't get started uh, this coming Saturday? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I they might not be big in stature as, 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 as far as their height, but they're fast. You know, they're they're like they're going to take shots, shots, and shots all day. Because, like I said earlier, I, I don't think they're as. Um, I think obviously we're going to have the advantage with the D line. You know, we're we're going to be attacking defense like we've had all year, and I I think they're going to try and win the game in the air. I, I think they're going to try and hope that pass interference, you know, get get moving the ball. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I, I know in the past, you know, that this is a relatively new offensive coordinator, but, you know, they, they've done a lot of things where, you know, Dorn and Bill, you, you as well as I know, with cut splits, trying to run those, those, those pick or rub routes, sneaking the running back out of the backfield. I think Narduzzi made a comment in this week's press conference about them running a wheel route. You know, they're going to try and um, – take advantage of, of, of what Pitt gives with their cover four press corners. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see that uh, it'll bring back nightmares for whenever, you know, last year against Boston College when it was, you know, two by two and they ran that running back down the middle of the field and had that big third down. So, like, you know, Miami historically in the past has had some success. I know it's a different offensive coordinator, but just, you know, attacking the flats, you know, knowing where the holes are, the defense, you know, and, and, and I think that, we might see a lot of uh, them trying to do what the success Western Michigan did, you know, trying to attack, you know, the curls, the digs, which is, you know, the, the, the 10 to 12 intermediate uh, routes behind the linebackers and take advantage of how attacking and downhill running backs, I mean, uh, the linebackers are. I mean, you know, Pitt wants to stop the run, and they have been very successful in that. So let's, let's see if they can continue to, to make offenses one-dimensional and, you know, uh, live by press corners and die by press corners. But it, it, it's, um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who steps up. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I have a feeling, you know, it's, it's going to be Brandon Hills. It's going to be another big game for him. You know, him being on the, uh, the, the Thorpe Watch uh, midseason uh, list. And, you know, but like I said, it all starts with the D-line. You know, Charlie Partridge, he, he got those guys running around. And, you know, they're going, what, eight or nine deep? They got a lot of fresh bodies on the field, so we'll we'll see what happens. Scott, what is it like? So, so Narduzzi gave a lot of credit to to Borbley, the offensive line coach, and the offensive line seems to be playing very well. I mean, I saw a clip of Marcus Minor just totally eliminating a guy on a tackle end stunt in the game, and you know, obviously Marcus Minor plays guard, and and Carter Warren has been having high grades, and he looks like he's setting himself up for a nice uh, NFL potential NFL career. I mean, Owen Drexel being the the man on the offensive line of, of, of directing things. And what is it like being a defensive player going and knowing you're going against a, a stout, really good offensive line unit? How, how does that, does that change your approach? Does that change your preparation at all as a, as a defensive player or even a linebacker? It's a challenge, you know, um, offensively, the pit has been playing very well together as a unit. You know, I, I feel like, they kind of know what each person's going to do in different situations and they don't have to just be thinking, Oh, I wonder what he's going to do. Like, like they are playing extremely well together. Um, and, it, and it's, it's great. You know, that they, they had a couple injuries, you know, with, uh, with Drexel was hurt there for a little bit, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a challenge, but you know, I, I think defensively you don't do anything different than what you're doing. You, you just trust the plan. You know, the, the, the biggest thing defensively is, you know, understanding how, what the protections is it, is it man? Is, is, is it zone? Is it, is it zone on one side? Is it man? Is, is it, is it slide with the running back, you know, protecting the other side? It's just kind of attacking the weakness. And, 
you know, the, the biggest thing is just, you know, trusting that you are going to uh, be able to play fast. And, and, and I think that's one thing that Pitt understands how they're doing, that, that they're playing extremely fast. Well, we're, we're going to see how fast they play. We're going to see if they're ready uh, this coming Saturday because it's one game at a time, and they know how crucial this game and this matchup is. And there's history in this game going back to the Big East. There's, uh, you know, you know Kenny Pickett's game uh, ruining their national championship hopes. So, uh, you know, this is going to be an interesting game, and we're going to see if the Panthers are ready for the task. We're going to go around the horn. Uh, game score p- predictions I'll go first. I'm going to say it might rain. So I'm going to go with Pitt 31, Miami 16. 31-16, Pitt over Miami. Bill? I'm going to go uh, 35-17. 35-17, Pitt. Jer? Well, last week I picked Clemson to win, and I was wrong. But if that running back had caught that pass when they were up 7 nothing, it would have been 14 nothing Clemson, and who knows what would happen from there. But I don't want to take anything away from victory. Pitt did a great job, and Pickett, to me, is probably the best quarterback in the country. I'm going to say Pitt 28, uh, Miami 21, which means Miami will cover the, the nine-point uh, spread. Scott? Like Jerry – uh, with our with our foot in our mouth for picking Clemson to win last week, um, I think Pitt. No, I don't think I know. Pitt is going to win twenty eight to ten. Cover the spread. Hail to Pitt! All right, looks like we're all on the pit train here coming Saturday, and that's it for all of us. Uh, that's it for me, Dorn Dickerson, and for Bill Stahl, Jerry DePaula, Scott McKillop. We hope you enjoyed the show. The Believe in Pit Football podcast presented by Bet Online. Pit takes on Miami at Heinz Field. Kickoff is at 12 p.m. See you there. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.